2: Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble, as well as signings and photos. But that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling. Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling, where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer. And Revolution Pro Wrestling, featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now, so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com. That's WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support Talk.
1: Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring, and a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello
2: SWAFT Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How akka are you doing?
1: I see what you did there. I'm doing Acker Amazing. Yes, mate.
2: <laughs> because you did the uh, Prince Charles Pitch
1: Perfect Sing was- Along. Acker along. Acker yes, along, yes, absolutely. How was it? It was great. Just to explain what Pitch Perfect is, as some people don't know what it is. Are they? Cray
2: Cray, right? Cray Cray, right? My wife introduced me to that film and I thought it was incredible. Acker Amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a twenty twelve movie release starring Anna Kendrick. Probably the film that catapulted her to fame mm. As... Same with Rebel Wilson The uh, blonde, rather rotund Australian oh, lass Seems like such a harsh way to describe It's part her. of her character She's called Fat Amy She calls herself Fat Amy though that's, So that's... stuck up bitches like you don't do it Exactly yeah. uh, But yes o- Okay, the skinny Anna Kendrick <laughs> that, I'll balance it out uh, The... Yeah, so it's a film A high school film really about a college film, college film. Yeah, sorry, I get those mixed up in America with mm. all their weird words for things. <laughs> uh About a uh, a, a barber shop court. No, not no. Court, a, it's like a, a, yeah, an a cappella group. An a cappella group. Yeah, and how they compete for regionals and nationals and whatever else Glee did.
2: It's basically Bring It <laughs> On, but with a cappella rather than cheerleading.
1: Yeah. Or Remember a, when Glee was a big thing it's in the a, teens? Yeah, it's
2: a sports movie, but yeah. with more singing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really, really funny, and it's uh, it's really, really entertaining.
1: It's a bloody good movie, yeah. and I was absolutely steamrolled for it. <laughs> yeah. I have been drinking since five. Uh, I started a new diet with my lady partner after after um, a, a month of excess and just eating all the Italian food and pizza. It didn't really stop when we got home. Mm. We thought that would stop, but no, it was just... A couple of pizzas a week, a lot of chocolate, yeah, a lot oh, of ice cream with, with the heat. So we're like, 1st of August, we're going to be on this slow-carb diet thing, and the great thing about this diet, I sound like I'm part of a Teleshopping ad, is that one day a week, <laughs> you can eat anything you like. <laughs> it's cheat day. Yeah. So che- cheat day was Saturday, and I just, you know, I had a full English breakfast, and then French toast. Nice. Yes. Uh, I had chocolate bars for breakfast. <laughs> I had two chocolate bars. You
2: really did. We eat your
1: bon oh. bon bon I had been waiting for this. Like I was really at, like Christmas Eve on Friday night. I woke up because we we're doing a park run in the morning. i was straight into the kitchen, got some chocolate bars. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery meat. <laughs> bomb yeah <laughs> birthday cake pork ruffs <laughs> uh and but anyway this is a long way of saying that i you get to drink whatever you like as well so i had a lot of cider and then beer and then wine we were all drinking wine um and it was Wayne's World, double bill downstairs nice and i i didn't i, I recognized the kind of long hair and cap outfit but I couldn't I didn't make the connection because I was drunk mm. and I asked the guy behind me oh so what's on down here and he went Wayne's World like double bill man and I was like oh cool that's really cool and he went yeah it is isn't it and he said what are you seeing upstairs and I went oh a pitch perfect sing-along and he went oh and he didn't even he didn't even join in. He went, oh I'm sorry your lady like your girlfriend dragged you to that oh, what an idiot and I was like Actually, I organised this Yeah, what an idiot, man <laughs> uh, And he went, there's still time I mean, why would you want to Like, he wasn't oh. being jokey about it no, as well Like, competitive Yeah, yeah so He's been a dick He effectively bullied me Yeah, he did That's right That is not a
2: Wayne Campbell attitude either That's right, I beat the
1: crap out of him Yeah, good, good man uh, But we got more wine And yeah, it's they do sort of like Audience participation games Before the film starts and which the film would have the lyrics as well, like a karaoke video song that you mm-hmm. would watch so everyone can sing along really loudly. And there's quite a famous scene in it where Anna Kendrick does a song while doing the percussion on some plastic cups Yes And it's quite a complicated routine Me and Luke can do it of course Because we're badasses And we, we taught ourselves it I was going to say We got a bit drunk And uh, taught ourselves how to do it Well someone taught us how to do it Yeah and the same So my friend can do it And he learnt the same time But he learnt it to pick up girls <laughs> And when this was like the challenge To win free tickets And she was like Well, Does anyone know how to do it? And no one was volunteering <laughs> Very shy crowd and my friend is quite shy as well. But drunk Ollie Davis wasn't. This guy can do it. His name can do it. His name I only learned it so he could pick up girls. <laughs> and like he hates he hates public speaking and stuff like that. But I got the whole crowd chanting, Here's name, here's <laughs> name, Graham. And uh, and he went round the front and he did it and he caned it. And I was so proud of him. And he destroyed the other girl. Like she didn't, she didn't even use the cup. What? I know she just clapped. Oh, and even that di- rubbish! Even didn't do that bit. And Graham was a bit off time, but he still nailed it. And I was like, and and they gave them both tickets. Hmm. And I was a bit annoyed by that. I think. She didn't deserve a ticket. It was a participation rewarding game. Yeah. Not a fan of those. Mm-hmm. Just teaches you to be a loser. <laughs> but yeah, what about your weekend? Uh, well, we. Did oh the- God, I just remember what you did. So we did the Spielberg marathon only.
2: It didn't quite go to plan. So usually the way that it goes is that Friday night we get together and we have a couple of drinks. Then we go to bed and then we get up and we start the marathon first thing in the morning. And, you know, just work our way through the day. But when we arrived, um, my mate Dave, whose house we were staying at, pointed out that even if we started at 8am and we watched all of the films without a break, like as soon as the film ended, the next one goes in and you start it, we would have ended at 4am the following day. I was telling you this for weeks. I know. But we, in our bravado, thought we would be fine. So then we were like, "Mm, okay, well, so we were sort of talking a bit about it. But do you know what? It's like, we'll tackle that in the morning. Now... Let's just drink and have and let's enjoy ourselves. Now, this is two of them. This is the first time I'd seen them since my wedding. So very like we we're really like close friends. We text each other a lot, but I hadn't seen them in so long just because calendars never really work out. So I have not seen them since my wedding. So that's like you know eight months ago. I haven't seen them, so we we had a really good like catch up and stuff, and we had some dinner, like uh, David cooked us all the curry, and then we sat outside and we just had some beers, and then Chris and Dave they opened up the whiskey and they were drinking whiskey, and I was drinking gin, and my friend John was drinking uh, rum, Alka pops, and the drink was flowing. We would listen to the Beatles, then we would listen to some Bowie, then Fleetwood Mac, and the tunes just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. Before we knew it, it was 4 a.m. And uh, it was at this point that Chris, like we, and this is like, you know, so if we started at, uh, we got there at seven, eight-ish, I think we got there about eight-ish, and as soon as we were in the door, boom, first beers are in. So it's quite a large chunk of... It's a sesh. uh, That is a a sesh. That is not keeping it session, as John and Ellis would put it. It's a working day. It is a working day of drinking and sort of sitting around and we're just joking, joshing with each other, lots of fun being made at each other's expenses, all that sort of good stuff that you do as as blokey bloke friends. And we were just genuinely having a really, really nice time. And uh, Chris said, he goes like, do you know what I really want to do? We go like, what's that, Chris? He said, I really want... I think we should just go and watch the sunrise. So I've, just, I've been on Google Maps and I think I found there's a field nearby that we can go to and we'll go and watch the sunrise and we were like yeah Chris that sounds really lame like that sounds like a really yeah let, let's go and do it that would be really cool actually so we thought we, so we packed up the gear that we had I suddenly realised I was freezing because like it was you know half past it was about 5 o'clock at this point so I was standing there, so I had to borrow a, a hoodie off Dave and then we packed up some beers into a bag and we pootled off and we went and we watched the sunrise from a field. I'm, I'm almost certain, I can't say for sure, I think it was a field we weren't allowed in. Mm. Because we did essentially have to break into it by going through a lot of bushes to get into this actual field. Could have been trespassing, I don't know. But either way, we went there, we watched the sunrise, it was great. We all had a beer, we all like, toasted everything, we took some photos. And it A was beer very-
1: 52, I hope.
2: Uh, yes, it was beer 52.com forward slash ramble. Claim your free case today. It was not beer 52 a I, That's beer you want to enjoy. Sure. These were beers we were just being drunk and louts with. And then we sat there and the sun was rising. My friend John just fell asleep, and then me, Dave and Chris, we sort of like got ourselves into a little ridge, and we were listening to the beatles and we were singing along and we were joking and everything, and then we fell asleep as well. So this, all four of us just fell asleep in this field. And uh, I was woken up a couple of hours later, so confused. You
1: slept for a few hours in a field. Yeah,
2: I did. I was woken up, had no idea where I was or what had happened. I, j- I kept asking Chris where everyone else had gone. He was like, there's just the four of us. I was like, no, there were other people here. There was like eight of us. What happened to the other people?
1: Did you ever, when you woke up confused in this field and you see your friends next to you, did you ever, just a little bit, for a moment... Think you might have slept with one of them? <laughs> no, that was the bad thing. <laughs> nothing like that. or
2: oh, it's my turn now. Yeah, nothing like that had happened. We just let them know David gone for a walk, and then like we all was up and we're like, oh, okay, yeah. So we cracked open a couple more beers. So it's about seven-ish by this point. So we started to... Oh,
1: you had more beer at seven. That's when I was enjoying <laughs> my chocolate bars. I
2: <laughs> grabbed a couple more beers, and we started to walk across, uh, back across the field that we weren't allowed into. Started walking across a, uh, walk across a field we were allowed in. And we were walking across this field, and all of a sudden, some dogs started to run up to us. And Chris and John and, and Dave, And his best friend. And they, like, they love dogs, right? So they're like, oh, yeah, dogs, this is brilliant, this is brilliant, brilliant. And then a load of dog walkers came up as behind these dogs, as you would imagine, would come with dogs, sort of accompanying them, really. And what I think it is, it's probably like a Facebook group or a little like community thing that every 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning, they all get together and they walk their dogs through a nice, peaceful field because there's no one around at that time. And then we are there... Clearly, having slept in a field, because we look and probably smell disgusting.
1: It's not that different to your usual look.
2: And we were holding beers in our hands at 7am. And I think that was when they started to clock that this might have been a bit weird. And I still hadn't twigged at this point. And so I said to them, and it's a very joking thing, just being like, this is a really normal thing. It's like, (laughs) we were just sleeping in that field over there. And they were sort of having this look on their face, they are like, yeah, okay. And that was when it twigged with me oh no we're being weird you those four, guys we're those people the four of us are being weird and we should stop being weird and i was like oh no and it suddenly dawned on me and i thought i need to, I, I can explain though and so i just and i said so i was like the sunrise though we're watching sunrise and then i was like oh no it just makes it sound even more weird mm. and then like The other three hadn't really cottoned onto this because they're still playing with the dogs, and they were kind of sort of like trying to hush, like you know, rush the dogs away from them and walk in a different direction. And they all started to walk, and I went, lads, and I sort of pulled them back, and I explained. I was like, "It's seven a.m. We've just slept in a field, and we're drinking beers. Let's not walk with them. Let's not walk with the dog walkers and with the dogs. Let's hold back here a minute. Wait till they're out of eye, you know, out of earshot, out of out of eyes." And then we'll go. And they were, and Chris went. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, we probably did look a bit weird, didn't we? I was like, yeah, I think we did. So we got back ashamed, ashamed, and we had some had to, a, a bacon sandwich and a couple more beers, and then I fell asleep on the sofa for a couple of hours. By the time we sort of didn't sleep with anyone this time. No, by the time we sort of gathered ourselves, it was about two a uh, two p.m. And we were just, I felt awful. It felt really, really rubbish. And so I cracked open another beer to think that might help us. And we decided, do you know what? Let's just skip the first two movies. Then we'll skip Saving Private Ryan. We'll skip Schindler's List.
1: Just you know, That's what you need. You jump into Schindler's List after a hangover. <laughs>
2: exactly. So instead, we started with Jewel. Watched that. Then we watched Jaws. Loved that. Then watched Close Encounters. Loved that. Then watched Raiders. And just before Raiders, we were like... I can't watch Raiders, E.T. and Jurassic Park. So let's cut off E.T. We'll watch Raiders and Jurassic Park. We watched Raiders. It got to the end of that film. We all said, I've got to go to bed. It was about 10 o'clock. I was like, I've got to sleep. And we were like, yeah, let's definitely go to bed. So we went to bed. We I had a cracking night's sleep. I felt awful going to bed. i stopped drinking after a while. I was like, I can't stomach another beer. You can tell how the, the age that we've got to when we realized that we'd run out of beer because we drank all the beer that we'd brought on the Friday night that was meant to be there for like the whole weekend. We drank all of it on the Friday night and Chris was there going like, we need to go and do a beer run. And we sort of sat there and we're like, I don't want another beer though. And we, and then Chris was like, yeah, I don't want another beer either. So we just stopped drinking. So that was the Spielberg marathon. But it was grand. It was grand nonetheless um yeah but i suppose let's get into the show shall we let's... <laughs> but we are talking about what ollie davis believes is the best promo of 2018 it's pretty good by none other than paul heyman here's the show
1: well we're kicking off by saluting paul heyman we are now paul heyman's advocates he once did a thing on this channel so i feel like we know him yeah he did but he did call us names though hey uh that that's an honor But, oh my word, what a promo he did here. This is off the back of last week's Raw. The finishing angle for that show was Brock Lesnar, like, appearing to save Paul Heyman, but then throwing him down on the ground and sort of choking his face a little bit as well. And this was the follow-up to that. No Brock, of course, because he's got much better things to do than turn up on Raw. Frontiersman Inc. Oh, there are magazines to be read and... Odd generic pieces of art to be sat in front of. Those magazines aren't
2: going to read themselves. No. And Not unlike the Russell Talk magazine, which technically does read itself
1: with QR codes, yeah, well, yeah, but audio versions of articles. And this was Paul Heyman's follow up on that angle. And it came uh, in the last hour of the show, it was built up throughout the night, as it should have been, because this is, you know, the next development of your main storyline in, enti- in the entire company, really. And it's Paul Heyman sitting across from Renee Young, and it's one of those sit down interviews. Paul Heyman, red eyed unshaven like he, his hair wasn't slicked it was kind of fluffy at the back and this honestly this performance was insane this is not good pro wrestling acting this is just good fine damn acting what a promo it was fine no, i'm kidding it was great it was absolutely yours. i'm joking with you i bought into your trolling <laughs> for a second
2: i alexa blissed you yeah yeah no. <laughs> not, not. <laughs> yeah. no it was awesome it was like it was just an incredible like it felt real you can tell this is a Paul Heyman produced segment it, it had his his fingerprints all over it the way that it was shot the way that Renee was acting the way that he was performing the way that he was talking off camera to other people like it felt so genuine and so real and the, the way he was talking about things as you said like he's all red-eyed he's unshaven and he's talking about like Brock's disconnected his phone number I haven't spoken to him and then he just pauses and she goes like my kids are friends with his kids like what a lovely little detail yeah. that is like that's not like technically that's not important to this storyline it's not like the kids are going to interfere and help Roman win But, like, that little detail there works so much for Paul's character and for Brock's character. I thought it was so, so good.
1: In terms of how do you get Brock over as even more of a monster? Mm. Like, he sort of reached a ceiling. I didn't think you could make him appear any more dominant. Enter Paul Heyman. Yeah. This is how you do it with lines like that. And, like, that was a great line. But the one that really got me was when Paul started saying, hey, we used to... in, In a much better acting performance than I'm doing here... Uh, we used to Just. we used to talk together about we would walk off into the sunset together the UFC title over one shoulder the universal title over the other and I would be behind him declaring his name as the as the champion. What
2: I loved about that though is goes, I would be behind him declaring him the reigning defending and he got choked, choked and he got choked up because that technically he's never going to do that shtick again. If they are split up as an act, he's not... And it really did feel like, I can't say those words. Mm. It means too much to me. This was so good. And then... uh, but Back
1: back to that. That just, like, for me, that, like, paints this picture of Brock and Paul talking over a beer or, like, on holiday with their families, with the kids' line as context. And they're just, yeah, this is what we're going to do. We're evil, but we're going to be evil together. And taking that apart in such a brutal way and presenting Paul like this just makes Brock awful. And this, ri- I want to, I want to see Brock get his ass kicked. So much so, I'm kind of cheering for Roman Reigns. Imagine if it was someone I liked. <laughs> this would be one of the best storylines of all time. Finally, it sort of worked. Oh, fine. oh yeah it is it is people are cheering him they cheered him this week reigns yeah i mean wonder what the
2: excuse is this week that uh, roman reigns was over because there's always an excuse as to why he was cheering hey
1: i thought some of those signs held by kids <laughs> looked a bit too professional <laughs> well, vince mcmahon misspelling words on there hold up this kid okay hey, hey. hey, you don't want you don't want you don't want to cheer for seth <laughs> here cheer for reigns and uh, so it wasn't just the performance. The performance was incredible. Like you said, again, that other bit where they at the start of the promo of the interview. Paul Heyman kind of stops and looks around and goes, "I don't think Paul. I don't think Brock would like this. What? Why are we doing this? It, it might just annoy him. It might piss him off even more." Yeah. I was like, he's like like an abused wife who's gotten out but still feels some connection with the awful man who was tormenting her. Absolutely, and I... Paul was superb in this, but i really got to give it
2: up for Renee Young as well. Like, this is the Renee Young I want to see on WWE programming like she felt like a genuine journalist conducting an interview not just someone my guest at this time but what do you think of the social media lounge or whatever garbage that they get her to do each and every week how will you compete against both Drew McIntyre and, and, and Dolph Ziggler yeah exactly doing all that crap that she's given and yeah and you know Thanosing away but here she was just like she felt she. you could see her composing herself and be like okay I need to ask them the next question but I can't go down this avenue so I need to go down another avenue. It really was a superb performance by Renee as well.
1: To be honest, I didn't really notice. Uh I I was so I was transfixed by Paul, maybe she was good. I can't comment. Uh but the, the there was that one moment where Paul just breaks down and he stops, he can't talk, he can't talk at all. He's genuinely sniffling and crying here and then he just says just carry on, D- just do your job. Do you, just yeah, do you your got, job. You've got Renee. a job to do. And someone pointed out on the Cage side seats review which is quite quite a good review of this segment, that, that that line has so much weight because Paul has been doing his job for these 16 years, but now that's come to an end. Mm. So him saying, just do your job, just like what Brock said to him in the promo segment last week, get out there and do your job really neatly written in that way, how things just bounce off each other back through time.
2: Paul Heyman's fingerprints are all over mm-hmm. it, man. But yeah, and then he's got the line where Renee essentially, like, she goes, well, I've only got, really got one more question I can ask. And it's like, if your relationship with Brock Lesnar is over, almost like looking for greener pastures for Paul. It's like, hey, let's end this on a bright note. If it's not going to be Brock, who else could it be? And Paul Heyman just has to look at his face and he just goes like, a week ago, that would have been inconceivable. Like, I was such a great line. Yeah. like, one week ago, the idea of Paul Heyman managing someone else just was not
1: thinkable. Like, it wasn't even a thought that would have cropped into anyone's mind. Which is a great answer for that reason, but also because it isn't an answer. Yeah. That is dodging the question. And isn't it curious how that has been brought up? That is, like, storytelling-wise, if you were to then pair someone with Heyman... That's a great seed. That's fantastic foreshadowing. Check Chekhov's advocate. Yeah, Chekhov's advocate. That is that slight three-second stare, uneasy stare between Hulk Hogan and Macho Man back when Hogan lifted up uh, Miss Elizabeth and a year later it paid off. That's good storytelling. Or it could be a swerve and it's just something to sort of tease fans like us and nothing comes of it. But I, I, I genuinely feel now like this Brock pool split has become such a fundamental part of the storyline for SummerSlam and the roman reigns match that that that's what that's where they're going either he's going to side with roman which i don't think is going to happen i think if anything he'll either side back with brock brock will retain and it will just go on and on forever
2: hopefully it it can main event wrestlemania
1: yeah Again, <laughs> or you know, th- three all great trilogies, <laughs> exactly. Or he finds someone bigger and better and younger, well, not younger necessarily like last time, but like last time with the big show and Braun Strowman's in that mold. Or Kevin Owens, if Kevin Owens wins the money
2: in the bank beef case from Braun, and they two, I mean, I did this in my uh Paul Heyman guys that he could possibly, yeah, you know, he could go with next, and I was like, you know, Kevin Owens doesn't need a mouthpiece. Then CM Punk didn't either. But that pairing works really well eh, together. That's a really good point. That's a really yeah. good
1: point. Um but at the at the end of this whole promo, like and this is just what a pro Paul is. You don't end with that. So you've got this like beautiful star of getting over Brock as this monster because of what he's done to Paul. Then you've got this really intriguing middle where he's effectively teasing a new Paul Heyman guy, or at least not cutting it off. And then at the end of the day, this is a wrestling promo it's here to sell a match so what does he do he brings it back to the match he says hey i've never seen brock like this and this is not a word we like to use around here mm-hmm. that's a paul Heyman little Isn't thing just, here. yeah all right he just goes I'm violent he's violent and the way he says violent just spits off his like a like he, it's dangerous to say like it's sharp mm. and he said and roman doesn't stand a chance. And that line, that's a money line. I, was, I'm, I never thought... You asked me three weeks ago if I was going to be excited for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. I would have I gone, there is nothing WWE could do. But credit to them, just when you write them off. Just like we did with Ronda Rousey. They do when they're motivated. They when can They pull it off. When they want something to work... It can work. And
2: I, I mean, hey, perhaps we are just putting him up on a pedestal here when you've got Heyman involved in something. And it always tends to be Roman's best promos. Whenever Roman has a really good promo, it always comes out that, yeah, Paul Heyman wrote it. Mm. Or it's a really good segment. Yeah, Paul Heyman was the producer behind that. It's just, when, whenever he touches things, it really
1: works. When he can focus on just one storyline, it's, oh, it's genuinely
2: excellent stuff.
1: So for me, that is the best promo. Of, of the year. year i can't think well, of anything I to that'll think... touch it in terms of just all the stuff that was in it and the performance like it's just the perfect combination of content and performance i yeah i think i might
2: have to agree with you. i can't think of anything off the top of my head i'm trying to think of any like the top guys that might have like outshone him but Roman's not done anything seth hasn't done anything cena hasn't done well anything. no
1: cena's undertaker stuff was really good
2: it was good but it wasn't like oh man that's like promo of the year type material you never really
1: bought into it as well
2: that's what i mean yeah it's like cena cuts a great promo is almost like that's a standard mm. and it was a standardly awesome cena promo it's the same with the miz like the miz cuts a good promo it's like yeah i mean he does that every single week like that's not like but it's never like man miz really stepped it up a gear with this with this promo
1: occasionally he does i mean that argument can be given to paul Heyman. You know, mm-hmm. that Paul Heyman cuts a great promo, nothing new that it's a this is a different kind of Paul Heyman this promo, I think, that's what you. you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Uh the problem with a Miz, Miz will cut great promos, and then you'll have a montage of babies crying at the end of it.
0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
1: Long Raw kicked off with a video package of what happened last week, which was done quite differently to normal. Mm. It had, like, timestamps.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it'd be like, at this time, this happened. Again, that just seems like a Paul Heyman decision. Yeah. To be like, there was, you know, because it tells you the story throughout the show at the right points.
1: I liked it. I thought they missed uh, a trick by not having the 24th on, <laughs> on the day of the 24th presidential <laughs> primary. Uh, also, it had the clip of Paul Heyman coming out for the main event. At ten fifty eight. So we don't know what time it is when these things are broadcast because we watch like don't watch those feeds. So that meant that Raw last week finished about ten quarter past the hour. So well it does that every week. It's a three hour show, keep you don't need more time. Right, okay, but we know why they do the overrun. To to boost the number? No
2: the overrun exists because they did it in during the Monday Night War as a way to artificially boost the rating to be like hey look boo you know we got this as well against nitro because they had the 15 minute overrun you don't have competition anymore you're just doing the overrun because you've always done it like there's no need for them to have the extra 15 minutes but like well i mean we've done the extra 15 minutes for 20 years we may as well just keep doing them
1: yeah yeah we really should cut that off if you've got three hours that's more than enough but kurt angle opened raw As he usually does But this was an impassioned Kurt Angle I liked him I really like Kurt Angle When he doesn't like Brock Lesnar Yeah well he got F5 by him last week He's got a reason not to like him Yeah Uh, And Baron Corbin Walking behind Kurt And both with the shaved heads now Mm they look like they're related to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think Kurt's been at it again, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Another illegitimate son. Yeah, term. yeah. When well, he was 14, he must have been this time. <laughs> I don't know how old Baron is. Uh, but Kurt's trashing Brock, and that's when he reveals Paul Heyman is still employed, which is just... I mean, I don't know how that really stands up Well, just fa- logic. In all fairness, Brock did come out for the main event, and that was the stipulation. But again, like... Paul's employed by WWE, and then there's the threat that he'll go if Brock leaves. It's just, it's all a bit messy and contrived. I don't think anyone's properly, I think they've just gone, yeah, let's just say he's employed, that'll be fine. I don't feel like this is a very neat mm. way to, to handle the employment situation. But that does imply that if Brock does leave, Paul will stick around a bit longer. Yeah, one would, one would assume so. Um, so
2: Reigns's music hits came into a very good reaction and he, but he then followed that up with one of the worst lines I've heard in WWE in recent time which is when he said and I quote if you kick the big dog out who's gonna run the yard in reference to him not being allowed in the main event last week and I was like that is a, that is a line of dialogue that makes me want to hate you yeah. because that is garbage garbage that's awful dreadful choice to give him It's like someone wrote that down 28 other people read it and was like that's good it's good then gave it to vincent McMahon, who was like i love it make him say it and then roman read that memorized it and other people listened to him say it including us and i had and i then wrote it down as
1: notes it was bad yeah it went through a lot of people and it's still there (laughs) uh the I, i had a similar thing in the ensuing match Michael Cole. I don't know why it got me this time. He just goes, are the big dogs gone hunting? Oh, dear. I was like... <laughs> I don't even... I don't even think that's the right metaphor. I no. I know you get hunting dogs, but I don't really see it as... Like, the big dog goes hunting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about... and I can't remember if it was um, Cole or Graves. We'll talk about the match. Like We'll talk, finish up the segment in a second. But during that match, they went through the commercial breaks where Baron Corbin has him in a headlock or whatever. And Cole or Graves goes like... Corbin has been in control since he attacked at the bell. And I was like, didn't Reigns get a near fall right at the start of this off a Superman punch? So he's not been in control the entire time, has he?
1: Yeah, it's just, I, it's like a din. I don't really pay attention to it. Yeah. It's it's just like, a, it's almost like not nice music, but it's background music. So I don't really comprehend yeah. the word. I hear it. I don't listen to it is probably the best way to say it that
2: is a great way to put it because I was thinking about commentary teams and I was thinking about which commentary teams do I really like? like Kevin Kelly and I like Don Callis uh, and I really liked Don Callis and um, uh, Josh Matthews at Slammiversary. I was like, that was really good because that commentary was really adding something to the match. WOS? WOS, exactly. Like, I really, that commentary is adding something to a match. My wife, by the way, loved WOS commentary. said it was awesome. And then there's the other side of that, the other side of that coin, which is the commentary that actively makes me hate the product. <laughs> and I'm going to bring it up again, Jim Ross and Josh Barnett of the G1 special, mm-hmm. which just, oh man, it just made me hate every match because they were just winding me up. But then this is sort of in the middle of those two where it just doesn't... Like, I, sometimes I, I write things out and go like, God, that was awful. Mm. But it, it's never like a, oh, that's really bad. It's just, that's bad.
1: But um, din. But back to the opening segment. Yes. Kurt assured Reigns that the uh, Brock won't be suspended mm-hmm. after F5 and him last week. Uh, so the SummerSlam match is still on. Phew. Yay. And Reigns jokes how Baron ran like a coward. Which was, you know, this was this was good stuff. I, I thought Reigns did a good job. So Kurt's like, well, I'm going to make a match between both of you right now. I thought everyone in this segment was really, really good. Yeah. With exception of that one line, I thought everyone in this segment did yeah. their job very, very well. Yeah, Baron Corbin has turned into pretty good on the mic in yeah. this character i
2: like this corbin I'm, yeah character. i really like Corp. you know he just says they like hey angle you know you don't really actually have any power around here you just shuffle out to the ring and make matches i just thought that was a really nice little dig at him and that's where kurt goes okay yeah well i make a match right now son and the crowd popped huge when he made the match like as soon as he said like well i see two people in the ring and the crowd knew what was coming they're like
1: hey let's see this i'd love to see roman do a punch on baron corbin what we got was a lot of rest holds Bless Jacksonville because <laughs> I knew that was coming from the moment Reigns walked out. Uh, kayfabe. Yeah. So this. Yep. Yeah, so you. Uh. You didn't like this match. No, I did like this match. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was
2: I, okay. I, re- I, I thought it was a really good match by the end as well. I mean, it's just it's WWE match, two ad breaks, lots of rest holds which doesn't but like once you get out of those two ad breaks and rest hold segments and then you build into the final you know, few minutes of the match Hell, oh, it was really good so even the moment when uh, Baron Corbin did his little run to the outside that he does when he gets whipped into the corner mm-hmm. if I was a wrestler facing Baron Corbin stop whipping him into the corner he's bound to run well, around don't turn your back
1: <laughs> after <laughs> you've whipped
2: him But he runs, he goes out and
1: clatters into this cameraman who just goes (laughs) flying. Really made me laugh. Why would you ever turn your back on your opponent if you've whipped him into the corner?
2: Because you, you're, you're, oh, you're walking away you're walking. to get a
1: charge up to do something. Or maybe, with. or you're like trying to recover
2: from something. Actually, and uh, Roman had some uh, some good sort of goofy setting when he did the clothesline. He sort of go like
1: because
2: <laughs> he got hit in the uh, in the throat.
1: Reigns is good, surprise, surprise.
2: Yes, Reigns is good. But Corbin tried to leave um, because he'd had a, he's had enough of this, and he tries to leave. And again, riffing off the Brock Lesnar thing from last week. Yep. And then Balor's music hits. Balor Club is in town, as Michael Cole would put it. Um, and. He said forces him back to the ring, walks right into a spear, Roben wins. That was a really good match by the end.
1: Yeah, and Balor hit the coup de gras on him afterwards. Yeah, he did a
2: shotgun drop kick and a coup de grace and he um, tweeted out that felt so good.
1: Yeah, which probably means this is continuing. Well, it is. It's, it's I leading don't to a know match why. at SummerSlam. Is that booked? Yeah, they announced that on the show. Did they? Yeah, Michael Cole did uh, WWE.
2: dot com with some breaking news: Balor versus uh, Baron Corbin has been added to SummerSlam.
1: Oh my God! So we saw. Finn beat him in a sort of fluke roll-up at Extreme Rules, uh-huh. and then Baron beat him last week. Yeah, and then and then uh, they're fighting at SummerSlam, which is in two weeks' it's a time. Rubber match, man! It's the rubber match. You said it yourself. All things coming good trilogies, <laughs>
2: uh, or all good things coming trilogies.
1: But rather. when they, they do this bit at, uh, near the end of the show, where they run through the entire SummerSlam card, and I was just like. I felt like I was in an eternal purgatory. <laughs> when No, no, not more. Not more. So I just, that probably, I was too shocked by horror to notice Corbin and Balor.
2: Peeling back the kernel a little bit, I do like tend to skip through those bits. And like, it's amazing
1: how many times you can press sort of like skip forward, skip forward, skip forward. Oh, God, they're still going. They're still going. Hmm. Uh, next up, we got a cool segment with Seth Rollins and Kurt Angle backstage. Uh, Seth's essentially like, I want to take on Drew and Dolph. They keep bullying me. And Kurt says, well, hey, how about you find yourself a tag partner? Because you've got a tag match tonight. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Because Seth has at least two people that could be... Written in here We've got Jason Jordan His former WWE tag team Champion partner Back when Raw Cared about the tag champs Remember that Oh god What a time ago it was Yeah That was like August to January Last year Yeah And of course Dean Ambrose His former Shield brethren And tag team Champion partner Exactly When they cared about The tag teams Uh, We'll We'll come on to the reveal later on.
2: Absolutely, we will. I thought it was really nice. In fact, actually, I thought this was also a really, really good and well sort of told story through the show. I really liked the yeah. set of stuff this week. I mean, it was it was good. I wouldn't say I really liked it. I just I liked it. I really liked it. <laughs> uh, I'm I, I just going to say. I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers away here, but I do appear to be one of the few people who thought this show was not too
1: bad. It was fine. It was fine. Bobby Roode took on Mojo Rawley next. In a pretty dull match. I genuinely forgot this match had happened. Until I saw it in my
2: notes here, I forgot this had happened. I've written here, ad break, back to a rest hold, Rude Hits DDT wins.
1: Yeah, the crowd were not into Ooh, this. Oh, were they not? Good uh, lord. And yeah, I mean, this this has just got SummerSlam pre-show written all, out, written are you, are all over it. Are they going do it, it again? Not e- and it's not even... It's, well, uh, Mojo beat him previously. No, this is the first time they've had a match. Ah. They even said that on commentary. This is the first time yes, they've been in the ring together. Well... That's how WWE book things. Yeah, exactly. You have the babyface win first, so you're not interested in the chase. And then the heel wins the rematch that you don't want to see. And then they have another match for no reason. Yeah, totally, man. To find out who's the better man overall. Or we do the rematch next week, and that builds then to their pre show Uh, encounter. I think (laughs) that this is, you know, this isn't good pre show. This is opening pre show. This is between the cruiserweight match. And the good tag match. This time last year, Bobby Roode was in the main event
2: uh, of NXT. He was the champion. That's the he lost to Drew, right? It was the way he lost to Drew in an awesome match. Such a good match. Drew's done all right. <laughs> Drew's, done <laughs> Drew's done much yeah, but, better. I see, that's, Drew's tall. Yeah, and you can't teach that as as a man once said. But
1: Bobby Roode looks like Triple H. You thought that would be good for him yep. uh, Next up we got Elias coming out Elias was great uh, he, he was genuinely good on the guitar here as well He certainly he Did was. a few riffs at the start And he's promoting his documentary But he's got a problem with it Because he felt that documentary on the WWE Network Didn't paint him in the best light
2: No, because you've seen clips of it Of like Seth Rollins going like He's a dink and I don't like him And uh, yeah, he was like, no, I think we need another, apparently though, because I've not watched this, Michael Cole sings his praises in the documentary because that's the odd character that Michael Cole plays, where if it's Elias, he thinks he's awesome and doesn't like anyone that faces against
1: Elias, even when it's Bobby Lashley who he likes. Even when you're meant to be a babyface commentator. It's very weird. Yeah, it's not effective at all. But in a a pretty cool little skit thing, Elias had his own film crew out with him, Mm -hmm. re-filming bits for Elias. I thought this was very funny. And he's directing them and telling them to do a a circle shot around me. Which would give the effect of a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) I thought that would look pretty cool. (laughs) The footage of the camera crew has been released online. I saw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And he he was trying to figure out what else was wrong. Because it couldn't possibly be Elias. It must be, it's the fans. Can you blur the faces of the crowd? Anything to help us forget that we're in Jacksonville. Or superimpose a better looking crowd over them. (laughs) And the whole crowd was like, boo! (laughs) Really good heel heat. Jacksonville hated this. I I thought it was brilliant. I liked Jacksonville all night. Elias gets really good. Uh, he,
2: he gets the Edging Christian heel heat. Yeah, like when Edging exactly Christian yeah. would walk into a town because Edging Christian was so good at being like, do you know who sucks? Your hometown. <laughs> oh, boo.
1: But everyone likes them. <laughs> before- <laughs> Because they've seen them rag on other hometowns. Yeah. Oh, they so would to f- do that to good old Jacksonville. so funny when they ragged on Ogdenville. I hope they won't do that over here in Shelbyville. Oh, they have as well. And they come out, they do a bit of comedy. Everyone's laughing along with them. Walk with Elias. <laughs> and then, nah, your town sucks too. Oh, boo! <laughs> I really like that. So yeah. great, Elias. Uh, and then Bobby Lashley comes down because... I, I mean, what's the case? <laughs> what's...
2: Uh, also, yeah, Elias buried Bobby Lashley by reminding everyone that he forgot the words to "Rock and Robin last week. Like, mm. just pretend it didn't happen. Like, yeah. you do it a lot. When you, if you want something to be, like, swept under the rug, you just pretend it didn't happen. But here they were like, no, make sure you mention that he was an idiot and forgot the words. I bet they thought it was hilarious backstage. They did. Vince was cackling. Vince was probably cackling backstage because Vince knows all the words to that song. Mm. That was that's the big hit right now, right? <laughs> it is. He knows two songs at the moment: that and Great Balls of Fire. Those are the yeah. two chart hits that everyone talks about. Both of them were by um, your man Flow Rider.
1: Yeah, music didn't move on after that, did it? Yeah, Flow Rider's <laughs> doing the SummerSlam song. Is he as well? Yep, that was announced. It's because I think they've got some form of deal with him. Probably. Does Flowrider sponsor WWE? It seems Is that how how they've got this? He keeps doing songs for them. He keeps doing these mediocre
2: songs for WrestleMania's and WWE events that everyone you just hear week in and week out, and then as soon as the show's finished, you've forgotten how it goes.
1: I really like how Flowrider can half arse a song. (laughs) 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 It's like he'll take a really good song that the majority of people haven't heard, I wouldn't have heard it, mm. and then he'll just do a bit of speaking. Yeah. Right? And then he'll release it. And I'll be like, oh man, okay, like I really like the tune of this song. I wonder what the original sounds like. <laughs> and I'll listen to the original. It's exactly the same <laughs> song. With all the remix bits already. Just not Flo Rider going, Yeah, I work out, I work out. Watch me walk <laughs> down the road with all these chicks and honeys and cars. I'm bigger muscly. Yeah. I should be a wrestler, flow 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 rider.
2: I am. Um, I've got this running joke with my wife that um, she likes a lot of tracks that have um, Sean Paul featuring on them, and it always makes me laugh that you, Sean Paul will feature on a song. That will be Little Mix featuring Sean Paul, and they release a the song. But you can always get the Little Mix the same song but without Sean Paul, and it just says it says to me that. Music companies have a deal with Sean Paul that he every he has to come in and keep doing songs with him. It's like, oh guys, I know you don't want to work with him because he's rubbish, but we'll release a proper version of the song without him as well. But we contractually we have to do this version.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got some dirt on one of the higher ups. <laughs> exactly. Just just help us out, Little Mix <laughs> here. Uh, yeah, so. Uh that's how good Bobby Lashley's bit was that we're talking <laughs> about the official song for SummerSlam.
2: He called Elias a joke and then Elias <laughs> got a cheap shot on him, Lashley beat him up and uh the film crew filmed it.
1: I thought that was good. That was funny. Uh Bobby Lashley got him up for the delayed suplex and he made the film crew film that yeah, bit. so that's that's funny. That's fine. Uh but it's it's a feud that I am not interested in seeing. But it'll be on the SummerSlam main card. Uh then we got uh something I, I was really hopeful here. I actually bought into this for a moment. Seth is preparing backstage in the locker room. And of course, he needs a tag team partner. And who should walk into shot but Tyler Breeze? And I thought, hang on a second. Are they going to give Tyler Breeze a little bit of a push here? It's in that intercontinental mid-card bit Fandango's out Give the guy a shot He was almost Prince Pretty in this role as well He wasn't being um, fashion police Tyler Breeze So and and this is you know like around SummerSlam time This is sometimes where they do Give people pushes Repackage stars And who like Tyler Breeze is definitely worthy of one and he has some really funny comedy where he talks about them being crossfit
2: breezes. Oh, I loved that, really made me laugh. And then my favorite line of his was like, "Now let's do this before I change my mind."
1: <laughs> and he puts out the shield the shield <laughs> really fist bump. Really. Yeah, it was great. His performance was really funny. And then and I'm genuinely like, "Maybe Seth's going to go for this." But then the, the shot expands a bit and who's there? It's the big dog. The big dog walks in and is like, are you literally going to listen to this fool? And
2: Seth like, no, 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 not. I wasn't going to really, Roman. No, I wasn't really. I wasn't even considering it. No, you're my friend. And then uh, Seth uh, Seth puts down uh, Tyler Breeze's hand and says that he'll be partners with Roman instead. Um, I,
1: I was I was so angry with myself. I wasn't <laughs> angry with WWE here because that's what they do. I was angry at me for thinking it could have been good. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I... I also, as well, worth noting, particularly because it was in uh, news today as well, that when it was like they were saying it's Seth Rollins and a mystery partner versus Dolphin Drew, Michael Cole specifically said it won't be Dean Ambrose because Dean Ambrose is injured at the moment and won't be back. And so it's like, again, sort of like just stop planting those seeds for his uh, return at SummerSlam to yeah. either even up the odds or screw him out the title.
1: Yeah, it's, it, that, was, that was very interesting, that line. Mm-hmm. That is the sort of thing you say... To throw people off the scent And then he does come back anyway Yeah, like Brock Lesnar's going back to UFC Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Then we got uh, the authors of Payne's Razor beating Titus O'Neil Because uh, Apollo Crews Beat Ak- Akam, last a- a- Akam, last a- Akam last week. last week.
2: last week. I didn't really get a lot of this match because I was just I was doing a lot of research into whether uh, Razor was the wolf or the snapping
1: turtle from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secrets of the Use. Uh, he's the wolf. Um, I wonder how many people are going to understand this reference. I don't. <laughs> so if you got that, just I mean, do you want to? tell people well it's just they were characters that were created for
2: Turtles 2 the live action movie because Kevin Eastman and yeah. <laughs> and Led didn't want them doing um, Bebop and Rocksteady in the film so they had to create these two characters called Akam and Razar. but then they sort of like they became part called, the, A-
1: called Aikman and Rezar.
2: no so they were called uh, Toka and Razor. And um, and then they became part of the '87 cartoon series, and they got a reboot in 2003, and then were part of the 2012 series where he was Chris Bradford, who was a uh, parody of Chuck Norris.
1: I thought you were going to say that you missed most of this match because you were seething with rage. <laughs> no. You're over that now. I'm over that. Now. <laughs> the authors of pain are painers. Their main
2: event. Yeah, whatever they are now. Anyway, A can cause the distraction. Razor won.
1: Fifty-fifty booking. Yep. that's uh, this how is textbook over. 50-50 booking.
2: Uh, Spent a lot of time putting over <laughs> Titus's great uh, accomplishments in
1: charities. Um, the Kevin Owens Show next got a new set. It made its triumphant return. Yeah. What did you think when you saw this set? So next to a... Uh, it's next to the ramp. It's got its own stage area. A little bit of a backdrop. A red rope in the front to you know, give a wall. <laughs> and... Uh, a couple of chairs. I don't really think of anything. Did you think instantly it's a Strowman thing? Yes. <laughs> I was like, well, that someone's either going through it, or it's getting flipped over, or some kind of combination of all three. Yeah, just, just, that did not cross my mind. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. God, I'm going to call you Jacksonville from now on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was it was the KO show, and Jinder Mahal comes out with Sunil. And they're they're joking well not they're not joking, they're being serious, but this was some this was some good heel chemistry. Yeah, I really
2: liked Owens in this segment. Asking yeah. Jinder a question but then answering it for him as soon as Jinder's about to answer he's like well, no I'm going to carry on making my point. I thought it was really really funny and he says again he's going to reclaim his in, his universal championship. He's going to be he's going to win the beef case and he's going to cash in on Braun. And, uh, cash in on Brock rather.
1: And uh, Owen said that, you know, we've both beaten Braun Strowman. You We're know, a, a very rare breed us and uh I th- tonight you're going to get another chance to do it, Jinder. You're going to Yeah. And Jinder just looks so shocked and scared. <laughs> it was a great reaction. Yeah. And uh, then KO like fully goes into it, announces Strowman's name, Strowman's music hits.
2: Well, here's where I was thinking they were going. I thought they were going to bring out uh, a little person dressed as Braun Strowman. That was where my mind, in- uh, Vince Russo up here, and instantly went to a small person. Hmm. But it, it was not. Instead, it was like a Universal uh, Universal Studios ride where they, yeah. it's a bit bumpy and it turns out Braun's and then he flips over the stage uh, and then stands tall. And then they had a match.
1: So what's the... Um, I've watched this a few times, this. Where, where does Strowman come in from? He's not under the thing, is he? Could have been under the stage. Because the backdrop isn't next to the thing. So he would have had to get him... He can't, and it's too, it's too short for him to crouch and hide behind. But then when he was pushing it up and over, there didn't seem to be a bit where he could just sneak un, underneath. You've watched this more than I have, my friend. I cannot help you on that one. Anyway, Strowman flipped it over. I have no idea how he was so sneaky. And then it turned into Jinder Mahal versus Braun Strowman, which was more wrestling angle than match. It was just Kevin Owens stealing the briefcase. Braun runs after him, gets the briefcase. Rather than the count-out angle that they did last week, he accidentally hits Jinder with the briefcase to be disqualified. Because that's another way that he can lose the briefcase at, at a
2: SummerSlam. I liked this as well. And I also liked Owens on the outside just screaming Shanti at Jinder as if like, it was like a reminder. He wasn't doing it like Shanti. He should go, Shanti, just remember Shanti. Yeah. You need to do that.
1: Because there was some good, uh, Owens also said how Jinder's really taught him to be yeah. Emotionally and spiritually centered. That was funny. I I didn't like this. Hmm. No, 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 I just um I I sort of reached the end of my tether with this. Uh Dave Meltzer summed it up for me because I didn't really know why I didn't like it. And Meltzer said on the Wrestling Observer radio review of this show that it's it all makes sense. Like this is a this is a, a feud that makes sense and it and you can see why they're doing certain bits to build up to it because you're getting over the fact that Braun could lose the beef the briefcase. Beef but it's not interesting to watch. And I was like, Yeah, yeah it isn't interesting to watch. And not only that, it's Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman and it's just not it is in no way close to the best use of these guys Mm, remember what you had with Strowman after wrestlemania and somehow the nicholas angle just made him better and then he was just storming through people on the outside he has cooled off considerably since then yes true actually i i perhaps my my
2: my bar is set so low for wwe programming sometimes that just because it makes sense i'm like that's good
1: Mm. yeah it (laughs) makes sense it's it's a weird case where it makes sense but it's not. I I don't think this is is very effective for getting anyone over. Yeah. Um. It's just it. But it might seem that way because comparatively, this is logically li- like logic proof booking, Lovely which stuff. is which yeah. is different than normal. Then we got the Roman Reigns interview from earlier in the day with Corey Graves, where WWE did a bit of a North Korea <laughs> and rewrote history a bit. Which history did they rewrite, Holly Davis? Um. Just. It it portrayed Reigns and Brock Lesnar's feud over the last three years since WrestleMania 31 as maybe being more epic and over than it actually was, and then there was the Greatest Royal Rumble. They, you know, I was cheated out, which I don't really care about. It doesn't make Roman sound like an endearing babyface that he's still moaning about that. It makes him sound like quite a petulant heel. Uh, I did this, and they did good stuff with Reigns throughout the show. I didn't think this was good. They also skipped over SummerSlam last year. They basically just like they oh, erased yeah. that one from history. They just
2: said that they've only met three times and that was at uh the WrestleMania thirty one. Great no, uh, WrestleMania thirty three was it this year? Yep, this 33, year yeah, thirty three and uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble. They skipped off the the WrestleMania match uh, the SummerSlam match last in year in singles
1: competition. Luke.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, Samoa yeah. Joe was in the other one, yeah. and Brawny the Strowman. And we boy, we did get to see a really cool clip though of Brock last week, where after he beat up Paul Heyman in the ring, he storms back. Mike Rose there, a wild Mike Rose a bit, and he was just like. I've got a question for you my guest at this time and, and Brock's just like get out of my face and just like nope. ebbs him away and it was really cool and I thought man why wasn't that on TV that would have been a great way to end off the show
1: yeah because Mike Rowe doesn't exist in TV continuity is it Mike Rome I don't know because I've written Mike Rowe it could be I. Uh, it's Mike let's just call him <laughs> interviewer Mike not Todd Phillips because he well looks like Todd Phillips it could be Dasher <laughs> it could be Charlie it's definitely not Charlie she's injured at the moment uh, she's yeah. got a sore back no it's Dasher that's injured Charlie was on this show she did No the... I'm
2: thinking of the other one Who's in NXT What's her name Kathy Kelly Kathy Kelly's injured Yeah she's got a bad lower back apparently ah.
1: Right so Off of that Roman Reigns Promo interview segment thing We've then got backstage of Roman and Seth walking along Best buddies We're going to go out and kick Mac and Dolph's ass And then Kurt and Baron turned up I don't know why Kurt always has to be there For these bits like well, being been dragged around by his son.
2: Because he's got to be... He's, Kurt Angle's got to be there. He's got to be the one that makes the matches and tells people the news while Baron Corbin stands there and goes like, ha, 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 because he's a heel. And it's like, good cop, bad cop. It is, yeah, yeah, I like it. And like earlier in the night, we saw that Corbin had a phone call from Stephanie and he passed it across to Kurt and he was like, you've got a call from Stephanie. Mm. And then he gets called, and then he's like, all right, fine. Uh, but I, I thought this was really funny, actually, because then like Kurt Angle says, "Like you can't have the match, I guess it's now going to have to be... A-. And then Baron's like, I guess it's now a handicap match. And Seth goes like, that's fine. And he walks off. And then Roman, obviously looking at him because he beat him earlier in the night, was just like, how are those ribs holding up? And he's like, yeah, fine. He goes, and gives him a little dig in the ribs. And he proper falls over. And it made me chuckle.
1: That was, yeah, that was good. And I hope this is a recurring spot for Reigns and Baron because they did the same thing last week. Yeah. And he just punched him in the face. But I don't. I don't want Reigns to laugh as he wa- walks <laughs> off. <laughs> you loser! Because that's quite a bullet, like a horrible bullying yeah, trait. Totally, yeah. Whereas just punching someone in the ribs, like the, especially if it's Baron, is a badass trait because mm. he's pissed off. But the, yeah. he didn't really seem. Reigns didn't really seem that annoyed that he couldn't help his his, his friend brother. No. Uh, but then I, I, I was still kind of holding out for. For breeze here, <laughs> really? Yeah, I actually, thought... yeah, it would have been nice. It really would have been nice, but that didn't happen. And I get it because the story you wanted to tell was Drew and Dolph overcoming Seth. You, you're right. Did you get that right? Seth overcoming Dolph and Drew. No, no, but Drew and Dolph overcame Seth yes, in this but, match. Okay, but I think that's the, the story the... they wanted to tell
2: here. Yes. Well, they well no, because I think overcome means that it's sort of overcoming the odds.
1: I, I sort of meant it as in like a we're getting into semantics, but <laughs> overcome like they just yes. sprawled over and they <laughs> Dolph climbed over yeah to get the pin. I see. Ah, uh, so he overcame. Okay, <laughs> right.
2: Uh, the crowd chanted for Ambrose uh, throughout this match. They weren't going to get him. Uh, but again, I, that's why I really like the, the way this is sort of telling it. It mm. keeps telling this story that Seth is losing this feud 2 to 1 because he can't, there's nothing there to even up the odds. Which will make a Dean Ambrose return at SummerSlam all the sweeter if he does even up the odds or if he returns
1: and then screws over Seth. Yeah. Which will also be quite nice and poetic. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, I really like this match, though. It wasn't long, and it wasn't you know Seth's usual incredible standard because it had that stipulation of the handicap match mm. attached to it but i I really appreciated Seth like really smartly trying to get both guys yeah like it wasn't it wasn't just I'm strong and I can fight more and last longer than you. Seth was using his intellect in a lot of these bits. there was a great moment when uh like Rollins went outside, like was thrown outside. Dolph went for the tag, but Rollins got got drew off the apron, yeah. so Dolph couldn't make the tag and back in and ran wild. But over yeah. uh, at the end, the numbers game overcame him. Yes, overcame okay. him.
2: <laughs> I, um, there the something I noticed in this match, and I think that I might be right on this, but I think they've swapped the corners that the heels and babyfaces go to in tag oh, team yeah. matches. Although they didn't in the women's tag team match, the heels were still in this corner. Maybe it's a handicap thing. Maybe I don't know. I think I noticed it last week as well. But anyway, that's that's by the by.
1: I noticed another thing in this match. Did you? Michael notice? Cole doesn't actually watch the matches because he was really outraged. Like, oh, that's not even the legal man. He did, which he was though. He was the legal man. Drew quite clearly tagged him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't even the blind tag. No, it was an actual solid tag. Yeah. Uh, so I. I watched that in the live feed and Cole was, you know, going off on one after the match. We was I don't I don't even think he was a legal man. And I was like later on I was like, wait, did I miss it as well? But is Cole right here? So I watched the YouTube clip. That commentary's been edited off. Oh nice, lovely stuff. And um, then we got Whoa ooh. Before that we got a video package for Alicia Fox. I didn't get this. No,
2: really we did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my note. Mm. Um yeah, they were really like Again, with that rewriting history, trying to pretend that she's been this massive deal for the women's division for the last 20, 30 years, however long she's been around for. Um, yeah, not buying it, mate.
1: Yeah, some people last week, when we were talking about how Alicia Fox is not a trailblazer in the <clears throat> women's division. Yeah. Like, people are confusing being there for a long time with being good. Yeah. Uh, some people were quite offended by that. And I... Saying that Alicia Fox isn't a good wrestler isn't I didn't think that would be a controversial opinion. Neither did I. But then again I didn't think that us talking about Jeff Hardy's fifth eye would become the thing that it has. Oh, it was quite but that <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Because that was quite clearly something we missed. We just missed, because we're idiots. Yeah. Um but
2: this I was I was yeah, the reaction to us saying that Alicia Fox is not very good was genuinely surprising.
1: Especially because the whole like it was quite an accepted joke yeah. for at least the last couple of years. That she can't wrestle move, and that she yeah. pins people
2: outside the ring. And her move was called the axe, kick, the axe kick of complete death because it just looked like the most dangerous move in the world to take because she used to just F her leg into people's yeah. backs
1: like with no regard whatsoever. We all agreed that she was an okay promo because she's got quite a distinct character and that she does that annoying thing very well. But that definitely has a ceiling and she's got a beautiful Northern Lights suplex. I'd also add to that she has a nice jacket. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so th- just just bizarre yeah. that this is one of the things we're talking about in 2018. Yeah, her entrance music is awful as well. Well, speaking of... I know, I thought I'd segue into that. We didn't even get to hear Alicia Fox's entrance. <laughs> no, that's
2: what a trailblazer she is. That's, <laughs> what, that's what an important figurehead of this women's division she is. She
1: doesn't even get her own entrance. Well, come on to that. Uh, but the B team have... <laughs> New entrance music They do
2: It's better than their other one Because of their, at least this one makes sense for their characters Their old entrance music just did not fit their
1: gimmick At least it was kind of It's better scared it's better scared But it was kind of backgrounding. I never really <laughs> noticed it This one is And I've, I've, I've started to find I've started to find Beating quite annoying over the last couple of months <sighs> Yeah tell me about it And this is not helping it <laughs> This was this was a very annoying entrance music. I tell debut. you
2: what, when the B team come out, I'm just reminded that they're the tag champs, and I'm like, oh man, I keep, yeah. I keep forgetting. I swear, I keep forgetting
1: that they're the champions. It was Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose at the start. Of the remember year. that
2: storyline last year with Seth and Dean finally coming together to win the belts at SummerSlam, that the crowd thought was a good time to throw out a beach ball. But that was made a storyline... Made a better match. It did out of just Cesaro when he came in and tore it apart, absolutely. But that was a storyline that we were all so invested into, and we wanted to see them win the tag belts.
1: It was the best storyline in the company. So good. At, the, at that time. It was awesome.
2: And yet, here we are, a year later, and goddamn B-team are mm. the tag team champions.
1: Yeah, so their, their music is awfully annoying. Uh, the rev- they faced the revival here. They had a bit of back and forth, and then... Bray and Matt Hardy appeared on the ring aprons where the, the tag partners were supposed to be, and then they caused a double DQ. For someone who
2: is... His lower back is fusing with his pelvis, I'd, I'd take a bit of time off, Matt, if I were you, to be honest. I would not be doing twist of fates or doing mm. any moves. I would just, you know, just... Have some rehab
1: time. Yeah. Because that sounds like it sucks. So that's uh, a triple threat booked for next week. Yeah. Which is the SummerSlam Go Home show. So what I'm hoping is that they treat next Monday a bit like a mini pay-per-view and get all the the lower mid-card and undercard stuff like, on there. Like Bobby and Mojo. Yeah, Bobby <laughs> Mojo rubber match. B-Team versus The Revival. Authors of Pain versus Titus Worldwide. Oh, yes, that'd be a great one to get What, a, what a Monday. <laughs> Have that on Raw, not on the SummerSlam pre-show or main card. Oh, you
2: could do Bobby and Elias. Yeah, that would be a perfect one.
1: Do it there, rather than do it at SummerSlam. Then we got the fantastic Paul Heyman interview, which we've already covered. Then we got the SummerSlam match rundown, which is still going on, (laughs) uh, last time I checked. God, that was the original joke two years ago, that SummerSlam was still... Still hasn't finished. Yep. And S- six hours, man.
2: Mm. Get ready for it. Six all hours. Actually, no, it'd be longer than that. It'd be seven. Because the main card's like five hours now, oh,
1: aren't they? God. And then you've got the two hour pre show. And there's, there'll be an overrun. Because yeah. <laughs> it's on the network, so who cares? Riot Squad beat the Hug and Boss Connection. Yeah. Sure.
2: With the bloody Riot Squad came out here. I was like, oh, we saw this match last week. I cannot believe we're literally just doing this again. I mean, I get that they're doing it just so they could set up Ruby Riot's return, but as my first thought was like, Cannot believe we're doing this again Were there no other people they could have faced off against Yeah like what's the justification
1: here of having this match
2: And then Cole has the tomacity To to say I think I said that
1: word wrong there Yeah tomacity (laughs) chamfer
2: That's exactly He had had the tomacity (laughs) chamfer What's the word I'm after Temerity. Temerity is it's what I'm something after. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Tenacity. Tenacity, but that's not what I meant. Temerity is what I meant. Temerity, Jamper. To say the Riot Squad have been dominating on Raw since they came over. I'm like, no, they effing haven't, mate. You've got to be kidding me. They bloody lose all the time. They kept losing to Ember Moon, where she been for the last couple of weeks. And now they're losing to the Bailey and her, the Hug and Boss connection all the time. Yeah. This. Uh, Cole, get off, mate. Mm. Absolutely rubbish.
1: However. I enjoyed this match. As did I. I think Bailey and Banks have really good chemistry together. I
2: like my, I like their entrance. I think their entrance works together. I think they've got really good chemistry in the ring. Yeah, and I love Sarah Logan. I think Sarah Logan is ace.
1: There was a bit where she, I think it was Bailey, she threw up in the air like how Cesaro sets people up for the uppercut, and then when she when Bailey came back down headbutt
2: I've been saying this for weeks man that should be her
1: finisher it's, cause good. it's such an awesome move the pop up headbutt it's wicked but the best spot in this match was Sasha double knees off the top rope onto onto Logan but Liv broke up the near fall that was great like yeah. it was such a tight near fall yeah uh, and then and um, there was some like Bailey found herself outside with Morgan, and that's where Ruby Riot made her return. A ninja attacked. Yeah. A ninja attacked and revealed that it was Ruby
2: Riot with some new hair. Mm. She's got some red streaks in her hair now, which is very nice. And then Logan got the roll up on a uh, shocked Sasha Banks for the win. I thought this was all right, actually. I yeah. quite,
1: I quite yeah. enjoyed this. Yeah, it's um, hopefully it's setting the stage for a women's tag division. Before we've really been
2: saying for weeks and end I think they'll probably do a tournament And they'll debut the belt at
1: Evolution yeah, yeah, Maybe announce it the night after SummerSlam Yeah Do it something like that Yeah, something like that But our main event Which is, uh, you know, quite a large thing And it was teased throughout the night So this was well set up I'm surprised, genuinely surprised
2: This was the main event of the show I thought, this would, I thought they would do this at the end of Hour 2 mm. When you've got your biggest
1: audience You would do it at the end of Hour 2 Well, they've kind of, in, in recent... Like, in the last couple of months, that mentality of the third hour's a write-off back in the Cruiserweight days, when that's when you would put the Cruiserweight stuff on, and events, Amore with matches. main event stuff, yeah. Uh, seems to have gone now. Mm. Well, they they are putting a lot of emphasis on that third hour. And actually, Brock being in the third <laughs> hour really did keep people around. It still was like I think it was still the lowest rated hour, but it did
2: keep more people around than the third hour yeah. usually does. Uh, so this was, of course, Ronda Rouse's
1: debut WWE Raw match against Alis- Alexa Bliss. Is entrance music, yes, for Alicia Fox. <laughs> so Ale- it's against Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox comes out with Alexa Bliss. <laughs> To Alexa Bliss's entrance music. Felt
2: so bad for her. I genuinely did. This is Alicia Fox getting a main event on Raw. Like, what a career achievement for her. She's been there for so long. She's main eventing Raw. She doesn't even get her own
1: entrance. Because Alexa Bliss is the star here. And she is just here to be beaten up by Rousey. Well done, Alicia Fox. You're main eventing Raw because... Mickey James injured and <laughs> Nia Jax is rehabbing. Yeah, so we needed someone. Dana Brooke lost the to- lost the coin the coin toss. The coin toss, and neither of us can speak that well today. So they both come out, and of course this is Alexa Bliss. So in ring promo, yeah, this went on and on and yeah. on. I looked, I so, saw how long was left of the show, and I
2: was like, I can't imagine the match going this long. And then I realised why there was still quite a lot of time left over is because these two wouldn't shut up. Mm. And they just kept going and going and going. Not to the point where I'm like, yes, Ronda's here. It got to the point where I was like, oh, hurry
1: up, Ronda. For God's sake, hurry up, will yeah. Uh, And it was Charlie Caruso sort of conducting this interview. And Alicia Fox reminded everyone that she was Survivor Series captain for (laughs) Raw. (laughs) I remembered it when I saw her jacket. And I was like, she used to wear a hat. Why didn't she wear a... Aha, uh-huh, yeah, because of Survivor Series Where she was the captain And I was like, God, I forgot about that And then <laughs> and and then Bliss was like She had a genuine moment She didn't do a swerve and then reveal oh, It was all a heel thing She said, genuinely thank you for all your hard work People like you is why we've got the Evolution pay-per-view And again, it's just like Stop lying to us <laughs> This is so intellectually insulting It really is And They had the Tommaso Ciampa to say these sorts of words it's, and, and it's just it's Mickey James! No! It's That's a script I mean. meant for Mickey James!
2: That's what I said last week. This is clearly meant to be Mickey James, but they were just like, ah, we just put Alicia Fox in there. She's been around long enough. It ah. makes the same sort of sense, only it really doesn't. It rings so hollow. It's so awful. And also, then we got, <laughs> I've written here, uh, Foxy did that thing where she was like, I can show you what happened last week. And she throws it to the screen, and they showed a replay. And I've
1: got Ollie is getting annoyed about this. Really contrived. Yeah, <laughs> I've written that down too. I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Fox is a good promo. I do like yeah. her promo style. She is definitely different to everyone else. But Alexa is better. Yes. And I thought Alexa was actually
2: genuinely very good in this. It's just that it went on for it went on too long. And then Ronda came out. She got a nice big reaction. And Great then they reaction. did the big ring introductions where they announced Alicia Fox and then they announced Ronda Rousey. They made it give it like a big time fight feel. And um, yeah, this
1: was it, this again felt like more angle than match. Um yeah I th- but I I thought it was I thought it was perfect. I thought for what they're doing with Ronda smoke and mirrors rehearse it to death yep. and then do the match make her look great. Do this with more people. Yeah, it was, I I thought this was this was could, couldn't have been better. Yeah, it was.
2: It's just like it was Ronda throwing lots of her judo flips. She did hit an ugly looking suplex at one point there which I think and I'm not saying this is for sure I think was mostly Foxy's fault she didn't really jump up for mm-hmm. it or is that, German, is that like yeah, side or, German or Ronda didn't throw her enough or something but it did look pretty ugly it wasn't the nicest move of the match her judo throws though were absolutely awesome and then she started throwing those left hand punches oh I love that I used, in the I, corner That yeah. was oh, so cool uh, and then um, yeah and then she locked in the armbar and Foxy tapped
1: yeah, there, was, there was more to it there was Bliss on the outside trying to distract Ronda and, and Fox would keep rolling out of the ring so Rouse's attention was split between both sides. But, credit to WWE, they never made Ronda properly sell. Because she's got a numbers disadvantage, Natalya was shoved into a ring post you quite say, early on. You say shoved into a ring post. Bliss, she tapped a ring post.
2: <laughs> Bliss pushed her. She walked and hit a ring post. Well, yeah, say hit. She tapped the ring post and then fell down. She looked like she was not running... like She didn't want to run to
1: that post whatsoever. Yeah, and it conveniently took her out for the exact... Amount of time that she needed to, and then when she got into the ring, it was fine. She was fine, you yeah. Didn't sell it at all. Yeah, she didn't even. Maybe it did knock her a bit loopy because she quite clearly saw Alexa Bliss running to attack Ronda <laughs> and did nothing about it. Well, come on to that bit. Uh, but yeah, so Fox like gets a moment where she's got Ronda in the corner and striking Ronda, but Ronda just goes mean face. Looked great. Love Ronda. I think just. There's something supremely cool about everything she does at the moment. And it likely is because she's booked in a way that really protects her and doesn't expose her flaws. And she can rehearse these matches over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, So great great booking, WWE. The only problem is, and it's nothing really, because people aren't going to remember this. They'll remember the cool microphone bounce back (laughs) is afterwards. Uh, Rhonda got a little bit of a promo time. It was a fine promo, like nothing special, but that's not Rhonda's strong suit. She, She was perfectly fine. And then Alexa Bliss just walks over from behind. Natalia steps aside, sees her. Then Alexa awkwardly reaches, just taps Rhonda on the head. I guess she was meant to make it look like she was grabbing the hair. And Rhonda pauses, looks around and then, does a, a hip toss thing this
2: is one of the downsides of constantly rehearsing things is that you know when your beats are meant to hit mm. so you don't do things until those beats hit and sometimes when you are just like when you do things not so much on the fly but if you say like here's what we're going to do and then afterwards we'll do this it can feel a bit more natural but when you rehearse things over yeah, and over yeah. and over again it becomes it feels too staged and that really was a bit of an issue. But you're right after that she did the big judo flip and sent list packing and then she was just like you better hold on to that title tightly because i'm going to win it at Summerslam." and then she just f's the microphone into the floor so hard that it bounced back up and then he hit her in the face it was
1: so awesome i thought it bounced off a rope but no <laughs> watch it back it bounces off the, the floor. floor and comes that high back uh, so up. so she proper was like disregard don't care how
2: much this cost Oof, it was so cool. She's
1: really, I mean, obviously she's really strong, but that must, because those mats are really, the canvas is really padded. <laughs> you'd think that would absorb most of a microphone hitting it. Yeah. Like, sure, a normal human would bounce, but not that high. This is a, well You'd, done. you'd have thought that Kalisto's trampoline was on the outside and she threw it into that the way that it bounced yeah. back up into the air. So uh, a very good main event for what they're doing. Yes. And it effectively built SummerSlam. I would say the Ronda Rousey versus Bliss and Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar feuds with the Paul Heyman component was brilliant throughout this show. Um, Unfortunately for me, that's only really 45 minutes of a three hour show. So overall, uh, the the rest of the stuff didn't was quite plodding. Uh, so I gave it a poor. I liked. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, I liked the Seth Rollins
2: stuff, and I quite liked the Owens and Strowman stuff as well. Um, I wasn't. Too yeah, no, no absolutely, and I, I, don't think you or Dave are wrong about that mm. as well. But I actually quite liked it. I'd have given the show an average. Um, yeah. I actually,
1: I actually not much know, between
2: us. No, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I thought it was
1: the majority of the show didn't really do a lot for me, but the stuff that I liked,
2: I did really enjoy.
1: Mm. I would like mostly. You just want these shows to build your big matches at SummerSlam and it's built the two biggest ones so it's not by no means a a a failure yeah yeah yeah. bit of correspondence uh, for you oh can I just plug Patreon first yes of course you can go and give us money on Patreon there you go
2: there you go Uh, Jaron Walker now so you remember last week we had an email an agony arts request yes about a guy who was going to be meeting with this girl. He wasn't. She, her parents had gone away. He wasn't sure what this all meant. And we were there going like, "Hey, man, just sort of go and everything like that." Turns out he was quite happy for us to reveal his name because Jaron Walker is the guy that met this girl in the Bullet Club T-shirt, essentially
1: through our show. Famous, famous story exactly. on the show. Who wants to walk with Jaron? Exactly, who it's wants... a new segment just for you, <laughs> Jaron Walker. And it works so well because, of, yeah, because of sending us yeah. walking. Who wants to walk with Jaron
2: Walker? Yeah. very, very nice. So anyway, so hopefully the girl. So Let's find out. He sent me an email. And uh, saying, hey guys, so I just heard the email I sent you guys about my girlfriend asking me to come over, and I appreciate it. You guys could have read out my name, as I've been very open with you guys about this whole relationship from the very beginning when I saw her with the Bullet Club t-shirt. However, the dilemma I was in had already been dealt with by the point you'd read that uh. out. So I figured I'd tell you guys how it went. By the way, I used, <laughs> the use of the term soy boy was just a joke. I'm not even sure what it means. No one does. I think you do, Jaren, but you feel really bad because we made fun of it. Anyway, I ended up telling my lady partner about how I felt. We had a long discussion That's about... what we
1: said. That's good. Yes. We had a
2: long discussion about how short of a time we've been in this relationship with each other and the limitations we both thought we needed for our relationship to continue to grow. Long story short, I rocked her freaking world that night and had no regrets in the morning. Thanks, <laughs> God, Jared Walker. Yes. So I got that email about ten minutes after we'd recorded the podcast intro and outro for Saturday's show, and I was gutted because it really, really made me laugh. Just a really, really well-crafted email, Jared. So uh, thank you very much for giving us that little update.
1: Rocked her world. Wow. Abso- to the mutely. extent of Dwayne Johnson <laughs>
2: Perhaps um, Would you like a Rusev Hay? And I would but I don't know if the listeners would Luke <laughs> The listeners have spoken. Rusev Hayes remain. Uh, this one comes in from Jeff. I wanted to send you a couple of quick Rusev Hayes. From the age Rusev Hayes. From the age of sixteen to twenty, I worked at an amusement park here in the States, and no, it wasn't the super famous one associated with a certain mouse. During my four years there I saw a few celebrities, but the best encounters came with pro wrestlers. Now his first one is just Can a- I
1: take a punt? Yes. That it's Zack Ryder. No it's not Because he's a big roller coaster fan As is Mick Foley It's not him either Okay
2: um, First one I won't talk about Because it's just it's the, He saw the big show And that was it Like that's, that's Was the it definitely story. the
1: big show? Well that's what he because says Because that not- could be a Rusev Maybe?
2: Yeah I mean he says I saw a rather tall individual Walking with the tiniest woman I'd ever seen Turns out it was the big show And I was too in awe Of just how large he was To actually say anything Not really a meeting Right? Second encounter, this one is better. My second encounter was when I was taking stock at one of the snack stands and I saw a large family walking towards me. I noticed a rather muscular man with a mullet and it didn't take too long for me to realize it was Eddie Guerrero. Whoa. I must have had a shocked look on my face when I made eye contact with him because he gave me a look that said, I know you recognize me, but I'm here with my family. Please don't say anything. I nodded at him. He nodded back and went on to spend the rest of the day with his family. Not the most exciting encounters, but wanted to share. Keep up the consistency, guys. That's from Jeff. I think
1: that is a good story. It's a great That's, story. You had a
2: moment of understanding with Eddie Guerrero. Not well. There's going to be very few people who can say that these days. Yeah, man. Like I you like. get
1: like that that moment when Eddie Guerrero would get in the ring with someone that they've. That they've never wrestled maybe they don't speak the same language maybe it was his days in Japan and they just work together based on looks yeah. and feelings you had something kind of on <laughs> a par with that you should feel honoured. You should, Jeff. That's a very good story. A quick
2: update here from Christopher Hale, who sent us the email about Robbie E. And uh, his Rusev Hey, with Robbie E., where he was um, a very, uh, pete- perhaps very irritated by yes. someone with special needs. He wanted to clarify things. Robbie E. was, in caps lock, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, irritated with the special needs fan. So that's point number one he wanted to raise there. Okay. Second one, Vermont is not in Canada, which we thought it was. Um it turns well, out Where is it then? It's the state next door to New York. I guess the red-headed stepchild uh. of the lower 48. No one knows it's actually there, but we are and we produce a lot of maple syrup. Canada, surely. Hey. Yeah, we uh, produce a lot of maple syrup and have one of the leading epidemics of opioid in the United States. Just saying. Nice Thanks, on guys. Man. Congratulations, Christopher, uh, and the Keep state Vermont. of Vermont, which is not in Canada. Now, um, oh, shall I quit? Yes, I'm going to quickly do this one. Quick, uh, Russell, talk get better here from Jack Hinley. Hi, Luke. Dot. Dot. Dot and Ollie, thank you I'm sending you this email to say thank you for motivating me uh, me to get fitter and lose weight I started dieting and exercising on June 1st 2018 weighing 15 stone and 5 pounds since then I am about a stone and a half down weighing 13 stone and 11 pounds fantastic good work so thank you guys for the consistent motivating and your rambles for getting me through the 5k's on the treadmill thank you guys keep up the good work best wrestling podcast out there don't say it's not Luke I mean it's not
1: take care I love you goodbye that's do you want, oh sorry No it's okay that's from Jack Do you want to hear my uh, quick weight loss story I from the do
2: yes if you can make it quick Because
1: I've got a an agony answer like Okay I will be very quick uh, So part of the diet was that we had to do all our starting measurements Because what's the point of planning the journey If you don't know where your start address is And <laughs> we uh, you know like full on pictures Side back front Luke is giving me the <laughs> wanker signal In the air with his hand I was Uh and uh, measurements, so like biceps, chest, hips, waist, all that stuff. Yep. Record all that, and then we took the weight we Did the, on our little scales, and I went to the toilet, out of because I need I needed to go. Mm-hmm. It was the morning time. When you got to go, you got to go. You know, not not the liquid version, and uh, I weighed myself prior. <laughs> I thought, hmm, I wonder how much that weighed. <laughs> so I didn't didn't weigh. The the thing, yeah. The big plop. <laughs> Didn't weigh the big plop? Fun fact that was, that was
2: originally going to be Big Show's name in WWE. That was the original yeah. plan, but they decided to change
1: it. Yeah, and a, a bit Romans as well. <laughs> to the big dog. Uh, and so I just did that that's that style of measurement where it would what was lost. Mm. Nine hundred grams. I almost dropped an entire kilogram. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you for Isn't sharing that. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it, it's, you could certainly say that. There absolutely. was a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. It was the
1: big plop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and I are going to go record We're some Ramble adults. Club. <laughs> you and I are going to record some Ramble Club in a minute, which is going to be very entertaining. Yes. Uh, but we've got an, an agony arts okay. request here uh, from someone who is asked to be identified as Max. Ooh. So, hi Luke and Ollie, I'm a big fan of your consistent podcast and I really value the life advice you offer. I've been wanting to ask you about this for months and I could not hold it in anymore. Life is pretty hard for me lately with work and personal life and your podcast really helps a lot. It consistently makes me smile on my commute and my work. Thank you so much. Really hope you just enjoyed all the uh, the poo chats that we just
1: had there for your, your hard life, I'm afraid. It is a great podcast and, uh, you know, I'm just... Uh... Yeah, you're welcome It is borderline average So here is the issue
2: I have a genuine issue here with a lady partner Please can you help Me and Roxanne, which is also a fake name Have been dating for around four years Or dated for around four years, I should say We had a great time when we were together And I managed to put up with all her emotional troubles
1: Insecurities, her neediness, etc
2: I even lost Don't laugh Sorry, sorry
1: (laughs) It started off as like, you know and then he kept and there's this other thing, there's yeah. this other thing. Sorry, oh, I, yeah. I'm not laughing Max. and she
2: wouldn't put the toilet yeah, seat yeah. Uh, uh, I even this is the bit that I very much resonate with I even lost a lot of good friends as a result because she always wanted me to spend time with her in spite of all this I was on the cusp of proposing and then found out she had been cheating no. on me with a guy from work for three months oh. we were even talking about a family and buying a house together during this time. I was completely heartbroken. I called it off and broke up with her. A few months passed and she broke up with that guy from work and wanted to get back together. I did not encourage this one bit. A year and a half has since passed and she has been through counseling and therapy for the last year. What is interesting is that she has refused to give up and keeps wanting to get back together. It's been a year now of her wanting to get back with me. A year is a long time of trying and I'm starting to turn a corner. I'm confused. And nervous that she will cheat on me again Should I take her back Does she want me back because I gave her a safe option Your thoughts would be much appreciated Kind regards, Max That's big air quotes for podcast listeners Wow, that is a a heavy That's a heavy one there So, I mean, have
1: you got anything you can offer up to Max So in my experience um, If you were to go back into a long term relationship with someone You will both default to how you were in that long-term relationship, so say like I, just for complete example, if I went out with a girl called Boosie Letts <laughs> when I was twenty-three, <laughs> uh, up until the age of like twenty twenty-three, I think hypothetical, yeah, hypothetical, and um, we were to break up, and then for the next two years we would meet up on and off, hypothetically, hypothetically. And then we give it another go because it feels it feels new. It feels like they've turned the corner and everything's fresh again. And you're like, oh, this is how this was the good side of things. And then you start going out and then you move in together and then it all starts to come back because it's like you've it's not that you've moved on from that person. You've also kind of moved on from you. That's that's what I was gonna and say. And you're a different person now, and it's 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 kind of like it all drags it back, and it brings with it all those problems. And maybe it could work. I'd like my one of my best friends' parents broke up for like five years when he left to travel the world, and um, in the navy or something. And they came back, and they got back together. So it can work. But that was also like the fifties when that sort of thing seemed to be okay. Snapchat wasn't a thing. then. Yeah tinders around now (laughs) i guarantee that wouldn't have been the case these days so yeah that's i i would have i would advise against it but sometimes you need to make these mistakes for yourself otherwise you might always be going what if there are no sadder words of tongue or pen than these four words what could have been that's very nice what's that from i just made up (laughs) it's a poem (laughs) That's very nice. God, pope
2: does speak to people, doesn't it? it poetry does, doesn't it? Uh, I'm, well, I'm in agreement with you. Clearly, you've got concerns that she is going to cheat on you again, and I don't think you will ever overcome those mm. concerns. Uh, and yeah, as uh, my my learned colleague quite eloquently puts, you she may have changed, but you have also changed, and you are a different person now than what you were then. And I maybe it it maybe it would work. But I probably would hedge a bet that it wouldn't. I certainly don't think I would ever get back with any of my previous relationships, bearing in mind that I have been previously engaged when I was an idiot, I was a young stupid idiot when I was in my early 20s and that was a very toxic relationship. And Even though I had a lot of strong feelings for her, I knew I would never want to go back to that because all the bad things would just come back up again and the reason why we didn't work out the first time you know although no one really plays world of warcraft anymore but still the re- the same reasons probably would have happened and you know subsequent relationships if I, from those i'd broken up with i wouldn't go back to them either because i've i've lost friends through relationships and i think that's something you really want to focus on there is that you lost friends over this girl and that's never that's never a good thing
1: the only caveat to all of this is of course if she's rich Oh, like, if it, she's got loads of money, is you this, should probably...
2: Is, is this how we're ending this show? Because we are about to close it out It now. was
1: just... It got too serious for a second there. I thought I <laughs> well, should this is what happens undermine when we, it. This is
2: what happens when we introduce the agony arts part of this. I thought that a lot of people would just email in silly things. But people have taken... You know, people are emailing, And I I like this, man. I like that mm. people
1: come to us for some life advice, even
2: though I'm almost certain we don't give good life advice.
1: Well, that's part of the charm. Sometimes people like... There, we 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 deal with the problems seriously, but then we point out, you know, they're also ridiculous. So
2: hey man so we're gonna have some poetry corners next time we're gonna have some more your Rusev Hayes and perhaps some more agony arts but that is all we've got time for on today's episode we'll be back tomorrow of course with the Smackdown review which I mean at the time of this recording is rumoured to feature Asuka versus Carmella with Asuka possibly being put into the SummerSlam championship match as well but that's all rumour and innuendo at the moment who else can beat
1: our champion to (laughs) face our champion let's have the whole roster hey Iconics get in here what are you Doing Naomi, where you've been? But we do have the finals of the tag team title tournaments between
2: New Day and Debar. So let's find out how that goes. But we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble, as well as signings and photos. But that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling Media. Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com. That's wrestlingmediacon.com.
1: Planning for your next trip?